0: "'Can such a subject as the American War be therefore called a Lazarus, except in the sense that Lazarus was by a miracle raised from the dead and acclaimed by the crowds?' Mr. Courtney admitted the justice of my observations, and agreed that a great many retired officers could perhaps be found in Ireland and elsewhere to subscribe to a book which gave an account of campaigns in which they had themselves some time fought.' Young Mr. Wilkinson then undertook to read the book rough, which he did, and a few days later proposed to come to an agreement with me as follows. Mr. Wilkinson should have authority to solicit subscriptions in my name for a work entitled A True and Authentic Journal of Occurrences in the Late American War, in which he would include the more general and striking parts of my story, and fatted up with extracts drawn from dependable works of travel and biography. He would excite the compassionate interest of the nobility, clergy, and gentry in me as a worn-out old soldier, now surprisingly turned writer, and he would expunge from my work all judgments and incidents not consonant with that humble character. He fully expected an edition of fifteen hundred copies to be taken up, and undertook to pay me five pounds down and sixpence for each copy subscribed, which he represented to be very handsome payment indeed. If matters turned out as he hoped, he would publish the remainder of my writings, a more particular memoir of his own life, by R. Lamb, as a separate work of a highly moral tone. He would not handle this himself, but turn it over to a hackney writer, some hedge parson or other, who would strike the note of contrition that the middling public would heed? For this work I should receive nothing but the glory of being the author of a second book, until after one thousand copies had been sold, when my reward should be at threepence a copy. This was a wretched offer, and at first I refused it with indignation. But presently I swallowed my pride and signified my acceptance— because of my great want of money and the wretched importunities of the tradesmen who were my creditors, small men almost as impoverished as myself. Mr. Wilkinson allowed me to assist him in the editing of my book. It was excessively painful for me to sit and watch him run his lead pencil through its choicest passages with a reiterated groan of, No, no, Mr. Lamb, this will never do. This was trifling that was vulgar, the other would not only cause pain and offence, but dry up subscriptions like a styptic. However, I now had somewhat less urgent need of money than before, since my recent application for an out-pension from the Chelsea Hospital had been immediately and unexpectedly granted, through the good offices of General H. Calvert, by whose side I had once fought, with His Royal Highness the Duke of York. "'I therefore wished to tear up the signed agreement made in an evil hour with these "'conniscienti of literature, repay them the five pounds, and have my book back. "'But they held me to my signature, and I had no legal remedy against them. "'Not once did Mr. Wilkinson respect my plea to allow some particular or other to stand in his "'version. I therefore soon left him to finish his butcherly work alone.' and I confess that I was sick at heart when the true and authentic journal was finally presented to me, bound in calf, handsomely printed, and with hardly a sentence left as I had penned it. That I received my twenty guineas was poor consolation, or that the list of subscribers to the work included such great names as Major General W. H. Clinton, M. P., the Quartermaster General of Ireland, Lieutenant General Sir Charles Asgill, Baronet, then commanding the Eastern District, and the Earl of Harrington himself, commander-in-chief of His Majesty's forces in Ireland, it was no longer my book, no longer the truth as I had wished to tell it. The second volume was yet worse, a sad hotchpotch of religious sentiment and irrelevant anecdote. But it was at least gratifying for me to know that if I got nothing from it, the publishers got less than nothing, though they had shared their risks with a Welsh printer named J. Jones of South Great George's Street, for hardly a copy sold. Much mortified, I prevailed upon an underling of Mr. Wilkinson's, paying him a guinea, to find and restore to me the pencil-scarred manuscript, which Mr. Wilkinson continually pretended, when I applied directly to him, that he could not lay his...